0: Hey, good evening, everyone. Evolutionary.org podcast coming your way. Steve Smee here, along with Rick. How you doing, buddy?
1: Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing?
0: Yeah, guys, we have a really fun show. Um, We're coming up to New Year's. Our next Q&A is going to be more geared toward New Year's resolutions and stuff. But on this one, we do have some excellent topics. The first one is actually one that was uh, posted on the forum. And Rick, you want to go ahead and read that one?
1: Yeah, sure thing. So we have a a forum member that had a a pretty specific question and just going to go over it with you guys real quickly here. Just give me one second here. Let me pull this guy out. So he says, I really enjoyed listening to the weekly podcast. Very informative. Thank you, buddy. Um, I've been lifting weights all my life. Amateur bodybuilder last nine years. Had low T, but he was a natural bodybuilder competing in natural competitions, his test levels always stayed between 240, 260. So they were um his test levels weren't weren't great. About three years ago, he started taking uh, TRT, uh, testosterone cypionate. Now he felt great. He says uh it changed his life, felt amazing from it. And you know, as a natural athlete, he said he competed about 150, 155 pounds. Now that he is taking uh steroids, He's competing 165, 175. He put on about 10 pounds of muscle from his steroids. So basically, his main question is this. He's saying that the steroids have helped him tremendously. He's making great progress. However, he still has some lagging body parts. You know, as a competitor, guys will find that once you've trained your body to that level and you get up on stage, there are some body parts that just don't want to grow. They just are are lagging. So... He's seen that steroids are helping some of his better body parts get bigger, but his weaker body parts are not improving. So he's got that question. His question is, what can I do about it? What do you got? You have a good answer for him, Steve?
0: Well, the first answer I want to just say is when you're young um, as a teenager, I know this guy is no longer a teenager. He didn't say his age. I'm assuming he's about 30 by his post. He says he's been doing it nine years, maybe 25, 30. But when you're young, you first start, I remember when I first started lifting weights, my trap, my left trap was twice as big as my right trap. And I remember it was like flex and, you know, people would kind of like, you know, laugh at that. Yeah, like, your trap, you know, is different size. And, but the thing is like, because I was lifting weights, when I had just started out, things have to balance out over time. So my advice to this guy is number one, you're, you're young, you're only 25, maybe 30 at the, at the oldest, I I just feel like give it a little more time, things will even out. But the bottom line is bodybuilding is hard. Okay. And the best competitors on stage, they are symmetric. It's an art. Arnold used to always say it's an art. Arnold was so symmetric, his right bicep, left bicep, left trap, right trap. Everything was tried. He tried to make everything equal. That's the part of the game that is hard. That is, that is the challenge of bodybuilding. So what you're saying is something that you have to keep working on. It's, it's a nonstop struggle and um, you may never have that perfect symmetry where you have all your body parts looking good. you you may always have certain body parts lag. A lot of it is genetic. A lot of it is body structure. We all know the lankier guys, they have, you know, their biceps are longer and smaller then a guy like me or a guy like Rick, we're little guys, we have short limbs, but you know, our biceps and our calves are huge. So it, a lot of it is is genetic and stuff. So, you know, it's just just got to work at it, man. That's the fun part of bodybuilding. And that's the challenge of bodybuilding. And you go on stage and you're not symmetric, they dock you points, the judges. And again, that's the fun of it. So you know, it's, don't, don't be discouraged by it. Just keep working. But do steroids, you know, at the end of the day, do they help balance things out? I, not really. I mean, maybe they'll speed up the process a little bit. Maybe they'll mature you quicker. But at the end of the day, you just have to keep working at it. That's, that's the thing I've noticed over the years. And I'm a lot more symmetric now at 40 than I was at 15 or at 25. So it will get better as you get older. What do you think, right?
1: Good advice, Steve. Um, I have three things to offer this guy that could help. First one is going to be base hormones, spot injections, and synthol. So these are the three things that could help. And I've seen different people at different times report that they did help. So base hormones, if you use base testosterone or get your hands, and you might have to bake it yourself, you know, base, tremble on it, some of these base hormones, you can have some effect on the muscle that they're injected in. Not a ton, but some. You could do some spot injections on those muscles. Also, if you have a, like weak biceps, weak um, delt heads or things like that, you can also just make sure you shoot the steroid into that muscle. It can only help a little bit. You're stretching out the muscle, creating depots in the muscle. Over time, it'll, it'll help somewhat. And synthol. A lot of guys out there are probably not going to like hearing me say Synthol, but this is exactly who Synthol should be for. Synthol is for the guy who's a competitor, and he's got a weak muscle part, and he uses Synthol on it. That's it, just one muscle part. Maybe tricep doesn't have the proper shape. Maybe the bicep's not peaking to where it can get to. You know, You have just one body part or two that aren't catching up, you cento on those. Cento definitely. It's not for you to base all of your muscle gain around cento, like some of these guys we see on our YouTube and social media that they look like their arms are about to burst. Obviously not. But if you are top level, if you're a competitor, if you're getting on stage, if you're winning some shit, and you just have a, a body part or just a, a muscle that it's not it's not work, it's not getting there put a little bit of synthol on it, you'd be all right, depending on on the muscle, obviously. And there are a lot of other folks out there that can give you guys much better advice on how to use synthol than I can. But yeah, I mean, spot injections with base hormones, it's important that you get the base hormone because if you put something with an ester in there, it, your body can't use it until the is off of it. So although I personally, I personally don't think I, I, ha- I got a ton of results from using base hormones on my muscles, I know a couple of guys that swear by it, so it's worth a shot. Also, uh, you know, yeah, injecting just your regular shots into the muscle helps. Doesn't do a lot, but it helps better than not. And Synthol, obviously. Again, if your competitor got lagging in a in body part, you're the guy. You're the actual person who should be using Synthol, not, not the newbies. What do you think, Steve?
0: Well, one more piece of advice. I remember when I first, when I was like 14 or 15, I went to my local library and back in those days, you know, we didn't have internet. So if you want to learn about weight training, you got to go to the library and get a book, you know, that's, that was the best way. So I got all these weight training books. I read on the first book I read, the guy's advice was always start with your, with your weaker arm or weaker leg or whatever. Always start on your weaker side. So you know, I started doing that and I still do that to this day. And um, I really think that that's true. Like let's say your right bicep and left bicep are you know, uneven or something or your right tricep, left tricep. It makes sense just to start with your weaker one first and then on the first set and then do the other one on the next set. So I don't know, give that a shot too. That's, that's another option. I've never tried the synthol Rick. Um, I'd be, um, I, you know, it's not really something I'm, I'm interested in doing, but I know a lot of these competitors do use a Synthol. my recommendation with that is be careful where you get it from because of the infection risk. So, you know, make sure you're getting it from a good source. And at the end of the day, look, it, it all depends on, uh, you know, what are your, what your peers are doing. Anything else to add, Rick?
1: Yeah. Synthol is not for, it's not for anybody. It's only for a very specific set of guys, in my opinion. Competitors looking to improve one body part that's lagging behind. You're the right candidate. Anybody else, stay away from it. Doesn't, it's not going to work for you.
0: All right, guys, our next question. This is an old school one. Someone wanted to know, he heard, he read this on the forum or something, about bridging with low-dose dianabol or any oral so what that means is he runs a cycle, then he comes off, he does his PCT, then he'll use a low dose of an oral to bridge before his next cycle. And um, Rick, you know this, being on the old EF board, we used to have some of these old school guys that came up with this theory that you could run 10 milligrams of D-Ball in between cycles and it wouldn't suppress you. And um, All those guys who came up with that theory, they're all on TRT at a very young age. So um, I guess the, you know, speaks for itself, but I guess their theory was, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, was that your testosterone levels are highest in the morning. So their idea was right when you get up, take the 10 milligrams of D-Bowl right in the morning and then... What happens is during the day, your testosterone levels start dropping naturally. So, their idea was if you take it right first thing in the morning on an empty stomach, fasted, that it won't suppress you because I guess because your testosterone levels are highest in the morning. I I really don't know. But have you heard of that? You remember that from the old EF board, right? Of course.
1: The AMD Bola theory? Yes. Yes. Heard it many times over. What's your thoughts on it? You're still taking steroids. There's just no way around it. Guys who compete, they're going to be on steroids pretty much year round. You know, I've said it on the podcast a couple of times. Once you put on a certain amount of muscle on your frame, the only way your body can hold on to that muscle is if you're taking something all of the time. So regular um, competitors, people that are trying to make a lifestyle out of this, yeah, they'll stay on year round pretty much on something. But regular guys like you and I, you have to get off this stuff. You can't, it's going to hurt your liver. So you shouldn't take it every day. It's going to be suppressive whether you want to believe it or not. So don't take it every day. If you take the animal in the morning, it's going to turn into estrogen, into methyl estradiol. So your estrogen levels are coming up anyway. I wouldn't do it. Uh, the best thing you can do to bridge is use natural products. Use natural products. They're not going to suppress you. Um, look, I have a dog in the fight because I make, I make a product called Bridge. So if you guys search it out, uh, N as in Nancy, the number two, M as in Mary, B as in boy, N2BM space Bridge or plus Bridge on Google, you'll find my product. I make a product, a natural product, just like this. You, you use it in between steroid cycles. It'll help you recover, and it'll help give you some of the same effects that steroids do. Everything from the nice pumps in the gym to the mental focus and the drive is all in there for you. And it's not being toxic or suppressing you. When you take d in the morning, that Debo still has to run through your liver, whether it's a small amount or not. You're you're pounding your liver and also you're creating new estrogens and you're suppressing your natural production, whether you want to accept it or not. So if you're taking steroids, it's kind of not a bridge. I guess you can call it a cruise maybe, right? Blasting cruise. You do a cycle and then you cruise in between. That's kind of cruising if you're on something. You have to get off of this stuff to, in my opinion, to really call it a bridge. So uh, no, nah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe unless you're competing at a high level and this is your lifestyle and you make a life out of this, you need to come off the fucking steroids, bottom line.
0: This theory, um, this, this theory is all geared around, uh, no pun intended, but it's all geared around the idea that you can trick your body. And one thing we've learned, especially the last five to 10 years is that you cannot trick your body when it comes to anabolic steroids. you cannot trick your body into not getting shut down. Everyone always, we have these, you know, chemical geeks that always come on the forum and they always want, they have this, some new idea. Wow. I can do this and this and this and not shut myself down. When you introduce to your body, any type of exogenous hormone, it's going to signal, signal your pituitary glands to shut down, period. There is no way to prevent that. You can't run anything to prevent that. Now, you can run these natural supplements like the, the fenugreek, the tribulus, et cetera, et cetera, um, those which are in to generate when you're on cycle. And you'll notice your balls stay plump, your libido stays strong, and it helps balance you know, a lot of your other issues. But it's not going to prevent you from becoming suppressed in the terms of your pituitary glands shutting down, but it will make it easier when you come off. So it's not as bad, but the bottom line is guys, it's anyone can go get blood work. Okay. You can go on evolution.org, look at my signature for my blood work link, 60 bucks. You can literally print it out and go tomorrow and get blood work and test out this theory. Next time you do a bridge, run low dose, the 10 milligrams a day for four weeks And go run blood work. You will notice your LH and FSH are shut down. I guarantee it. So you can do it and you can prove or disprove that theory very, very easily. But we've seen enough of the evidence, guys, it's in. And the evidence is not good. So if you think that that's going to work for you, it's not. And like Rick said, if you are abusing steroids year-round, go for it. But if you want to keep your HPTA healthy, your prostate healthy, keep your head hair, keep your heart healthy, keep your liver healthy, you need to come off. Go get natural supplements, bridge or into generate in between cycles. That will help you stay, get that on feeling and that will help you balance everything out. Next guys, uh, next one is giving girlfriend testosterone for low libido. And uh, Rick, I'm going to bring you in first on this. Um, what do you think about this? We all see um, guys, they want to get their girlfriends involved in their steroid use. It's, it's kind of like, um, I'm not sure why they want to do that, but what's your, what's your opinion on this?
1: Terrible idea. Look, if she's a fitness girl, she's going to the gym with you, and she's about the lifestyle, and she just wants you to help her score some stuff, I guess, you know, as a good boyfriend, you kind of, kind of have to help, but don't encourage her. Don't give some girl that doesn't even go to the gym steroids. I mean, this is, this is just a terrible idea. As far as her libido and, and giving a woman testosterone for libido, look, when I take testosterone, I go pretty fucking crazy. I want to hump everything. I like all the girls I'll pursue, you know, I want to, I want to get something going. When I'm not on steroids, I'm kind of not so much like that. And it's going to affect her. It's going to make her think differently about sex and other guys and things. It's going to have some other effects you're probably not ready for. And um, this low libido stuff, man, you just need to, uh, you just need to learn how to, how to work it. You, know? just gotta, you, gotta need, you just need to learn how to get her in the mood. You know, women oh, women are a little bit different. You just need to learn what gets her going. That's about it, man. There's, there's no drug use needed, needed in this situation. What do you think, Steve?
0: I used to be friends with a woman. Uh, we met at a Mexican restaurant. We both, you know, we'd go to the Mexican restaurant and stuff. And she liked to work out and all that. We became fast friends. And she, um, you know, kind of opened up to me about, you know, her prior situation. She actually was married for eight years. She had a kid. And this guy was a complete asshole to her. He was uh, verbally abusive. I don't, I don't know if he was physically abusive. Um, I'm assuming yes, but I'm not really sure on that. But she actually went five years without even having sex with this guy. And she finally, you know, they finally got divorced. She didn't want to divorce them because the kid was involved, obviously. But um, she finally just went through where they got divorced. And then she showed me like, she's on Tinder. She's on all these dating apps. She's basically just fucks around left and right. She tells me about meeting guys off the internet and them going in the woods and having sex. She became like a horny as fuck. Okay. After her divorce. So she went five years without ever having sex with her husband, no interest in it at all. Divorces him. Then she becomes horny as fuck. What does that tell you about women? It tells you that it's, it is a mental thing with women. If you're, if, You know, and unfortunately, you know, at the end of the day, maybe it's not, maybe there's something else going on there. Maybe, you know, she has um, an emotional attachment to somebody at her work. Maybe she has an emotional attachment with an ex, some guy from high school that she's been chatting with on Facebook. You know, I've had this shit happen to me too on social media. That's why I don't have social media anymore. I've had exes from years ago hit me up who are now married with two, three kids, you know, and they, they attach to you for life. Okay. So maybe it's something like that that's happening. So at the end of the day, guys, you know, maybe it's you. Maybe you're not working hard enough in your marriage or in your relationship, but there's so much confusion on this. Like everyone thinks just throw testosterone at the issue, boom, it's going to fix libido. And it's so far from from the truth on both men and female. I'll give you an example with me. Am I, if, if I'm dating a girl and she's a bitch, she's nagging me. She's a pain in the ass. My libido drops, you know, but if she's nice and she's, you know, she does, she cooks me dinner. She does little things for me. Then my libido is high because why I I don't like bitches. I don't like women who nag me. I don't like women who yell at me. I don't like any of that shit. So that's, that's how it is with me. And you know, so there's a lot to libido than, than what people think. Any final words, Rick?
1: Yeah. There's a lot going on with libido way more than, than just hormones. I'll give you a quick example. I have a, a buddy I talk to a lot. Uh, his name is uh, Nelson Montana. Dude's in his 60s. He's been in the fitness industry his whole life. He, he wrote articles for Muscle Media. He, he knew Dan Duchesne. He wrote for T Nation. Guy's been around for a while. And uh, he's in his 60s now. So a couple of years ago, I was having a conversation with him about this, about levito. So I said, hey, you know, uh, Nelson, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on a pretty heavy cycle, but my libido's kind of not all there, you know. What's up? And he says to me, he says, "You want better libido, Rick? You know what you need to do? Get yourself a 21-year-old girlfriend. That'll get your libido up." So, <laughs> I thought about it, and yeah, it's pretty uh, funny, but it's true. Uh, libido has a lot, way more to do than, with stuff than just hormones. Um, it has to do a lot with just your attitude, your mood, your mindset, a lot of those things. And if you have a girl that's just not that responsive to sex, just not that into it in my opinion you've lacked you haven't made that kind of mental emotional connection with her you know you got to have a really good kind of mental kind of connection with her and uh, your kind of sexy time that you have together like you should you should be able to get your girl horny like you could be in the car driving and just saying a word or two or or, or reminding her of things that you both share in the bedroom you should be able to get her moist even if you're sitting in a car or even in a crowded room if you
0: just, just giving up, her just giving her any attention just saying man you look you look sexy in that oof like baby, you look yeah. look hot yeah. any any little thing like that should get her instantly like if if
1: you, if you guys have a connection you could you know just come up to her grab her hand whisper something in her ear something very intimate between the two of you that should be enough even if you're in a crowded room it should be enough if you've made an actual connection with her uh, mentally and it's not about the hormones, hormones aren't going to help. If anything, they might make her think way outside of, <laughs> way outside of the box and maybe misbehave a little bit. I, I wouldn't do that. It's just, you have to make that, that connection with her. And if you find yourself in a, in a, like in this serious kind of emotional relationship with someone that you just haven't been able to connect with sexually, that's, You know, that right there tells you what your big problem is. That's a problem right there as well. You don't, you don't emotionally and, and attach to someone in a relationship unless the sex is already fucking incredible. It's my opinion. What do you think, Steve?
0: Yeah, it is. I mean, we see, um, you guys can watch that show cheaters and you see, you know, women cheating on their husbands and it's always a situation where they're, um, they're just bored. They're bored. They want to have. They want some excitement. The guy gets uh, too comfortable in the relationship. He doesn't think he can. Has to work. Uh, Men tend to. They'll. They'll get married to someone and be like, "Okay, I'm done. I'm good to go. I married you. I gave you your. You know your. Your uh, wedding. Your dream wedding. I'm good to go from here on out." No, no, no. You got to keep working at it. You know, if you don't keep working at it, then it's just like being a professional athlete. You get drafted the number one pick in the NFL. You go to the NFL and you suck your first year. You suck your second year. You suck. Guess what? You're not going to get a chance at a, a third crack at it. You're done. That's it. It doesn't matter that you were the first pick. So you got to keep working at it. You going as a first pick, you got to bust your ass from day one. You got to learn the playbook. You got to learn your teammates. You got to learn the, the everything. Got to get in there and practice, you know? So it's guys got to keep working on it. Yeah. All right, guys. So the next, yeah, the next one, guys, is a, a tough one. This is a tough one because it's very subjective and there's a lot of, you know, things that this could be, but he's complaining about brain fog and grogginess on cycle. Um, so right off the bat, my, my first inclination is, you know, I'm, I, I talked about this on prior podcasts. Where is your heart rate on cycle? Where is your resting heart rate on cycle? Like, do you have a healthy heart? How are your cholesterol, total cholesterol levels? How's your LDL? How is your blood pressure? In your blood work, how's your estrogen? Is your estrogen too high? Is it too low? All these things can cause fogginess and grogginess, and it can spiral out of control because of insomnia. Now you start getting insomnia. If your estrogen is too high, it's going to affect your sleep. If Your heart health is shit. It's going to affect your sleep. All that can give you that grogginess. So when you add steroids to a problem, which may not be a big problem to you, and you may not notice it very much, but when you add steroids to even a small issue, it can blow up into a big issue. So right off the bat, all those things, where's your body fat? Is your body fat too high? If you're 15, 16, 17% or higher body fat, that can, and you use steroids, that can affect your energy during the day, your grogginess. So there's so many different things it could be. So never go into cycle until you are on top shape, until you have a good resting heart rate. Everything has to be perfect. Then you run steroids to take yourself. That's the icing on the cake. You don't go into cycle with problems already, and then you're going to have even more problems. What's your perspective on this one, Rick? It's kind of a subjective, uh, it's a tough question, I think, but help this guy out.
1: You know, I've gotten it too, Uh, especially running like Diana Bow cycles. I'll get some of that grogginess. I think um, probably have some of my best growth weeks when I have a little bit of that tired feeling, but you have to know what it is and know your body enough. I know just that little bit of that kind of tired kind of edge you get from androgens. And I've also been like worn down, worn out from just from, from my liver, just taking a beating from taking orals you know i've also i also know the difference in that tired feeling from when you're in a caloric deficit so there's definitely different things that can cause that kind of worn out kind of tired feeling when you're on the sauce when you're on steroids so you have to know your body enough and know know how to identify it if you're getting just like a little bit of like the sleepiness grogginess from doing you know diana ball and test or you, Probably stacking some trembolone in there, some of these heavy stuff. Pregnalone works. Pregnalone is good. If you uh, take oral pregnalone or uh, even topical, like a cream pregnalone DHEA, it helps counteract some of that regoginous sleepiness from the androgens. If it's your liver maybe that's being, uh, that's being overworked, Entugard. Entugard's got Tutka, milk thistle, good ingredients to help your liver along. So you kind of, you got to kind of know and identify what's what's causing it and uh, and go from there. If you don't know your body enough, you're going to end up finding solutions to problems that aren't really quite there.
0: Yeah, I use N2GAR on cycle. I recommend if it's a harsh cycle, seven to 10 caps a day. And if it's a mild cycle, you can go down to maybe four to seven caps a day. So that, that is a must. You bring up a really good point uh, from a different perspective because you're looking at it uh, in a different way and you're absolutely right. Because if you notice, yeah, I'm growing a lot, I'm getting stronger and I'm also having grogginess, they, they go hand in hand because your body is very, very stressed out. So that's going to wear your energy out. When you get stronger very, very fast or you put on a lot of weight very, very fast, that's going to definitely stress your body out. So obviously you're going to drain yourself of energy just from that. So that is another good reason why you should always build a proper base. You should always make sure that you're, again, going into cycle, you know, healthy, going into cycle. You got everything, all your, you know, your estrogen, your aromatized inhibitors on hand, everything. Because if your estrogen goes sky high, obviously you're going to put on a lot of water weight. We don't want water weight, okay? Unless you want to look like a blimp, we don't want water weight. So all those factors need to be uh, looked at if you are having excessive grogginess for sure.
1: Yeah, the, and look, caloric deficits will obviously make you groggy. Another thing is, when you're on steroids, you can actually develop some sleep apnea from the steroids where you won't quite notice right away, but you're not sleeping as, as good. So, mm-hmm. so when, you, um, when you set your alarm clock and you try to sleep the same you know, six, seven hours, eight hours, whatever that you were used to sleeping, you actually might need a little bit more sleep you might not be in full REM sleep all night like you used to when you're off the steroids. So what ends up happening is you'll get up in the morning, same schedule, and you'll feel more worn down and you'll carry that with you throughout the day. And if you're like most of us bodybuilders, you're probably gonna take uh, some kind of stimulant to get you through your day, which will cause you to crash even a little bit harder at night. So there are a lot of factors to this this grogginess, to this kind of uh, lack of energy on cycle and you have to really kind of go through the process it could be two of them going on at the same time so you have to go through the pro- process and and really understand it because there is there's definitely a clear difference between grogginess from from too much androgens grogginess from not sleeping well enough you know grogginess from growing too fast you know from putting on too much it, it, it all feels a little, just it, it all has just a little tiny bit of a, of a different feeling to it when it comes down to it you just got to identify it and and targeted
0: our last topic guys is a fun one and rick and i are really going to go at it on, on this one it's the fact that just came in that we are on the third straight year of decline in longevity in the united states and uh, let me just say first off it's really more like 30 years of decline but what's kept that number going up for 27 years and then it's reversed in the past three years, but what's kept that number going on for 27 years is the advancement in medicine, the, the modern drugs, the surgeries, you know, the, the things where you don't die of, you know, uh, little things here and there. So that number, you know, the, the treatments for cancer, the chemo and all this shit. So that kept the number going up and now in the past three years, it's gone back down. So what the fuck is going on here? So let me just say, first off, let's compare the United States. And let's compare Icaria, which is an island off the coast of Greece. In Icaria, they eat half the year. They fast for 150 days of the year, and they eat for 150 days of the year. So half of the year they're eating, half the year they're not. They, they, they do the prolonged fasting. Their, their diets are a Mediterranean diet. It's a very high-fat, good-fat diet. They eat two, maybe three meals a day at most. They don't eat tons of food. Here in the United States... We eat, we eat, we eat, we eat, we eat, we eat nonstop. And it's all garbage food. It's fast food. It's processed food. It's restaurant food. Nobody cooks anymore at home. They don't cook their own food. And the food that they do cook, okay, it's not healthy food. Um, so it's a completely different. We, we use very, very unhealthy fats in our diet. And at Icaria, they only use pure Expeller press olive oil, okay, unrefined, and they use those, you know, it's all good fats. Here we use hydrogenated oils, hot pressed oils that are carcinogenic. All that shit is going into our body. Anytime you get at a restaurant, they're cooking that food in the cheapest oils possible, okay? It's not healthy oils. So that is why, and and the people in Icaria, they live the longest in the world, okay? It's typical for people to live in their 80s, 90s, even 100, no problem. Here, we die very young. I just had a friend, 34 years old, die of a heart attack. No joke, I just went to a funeral for a friend who died of a heart attack at 34 years old. It's unacceptable what we're doing, and that's why for the past three years, it's declined and it will continue to decline. Until we change the way we eat, how much food we eat, how often we eat, and all that good stuff. Rick, what's your opinion on this? Why do you think it's three straight years?
1: I think we've reached that point where medical – we've reached that point where we've advanced so much as, as a society, humans have, that the stress of our modern life is not good for our – organic body and the medical Im- advancements that we've made have helped us, you know, cure some diseases that would have maybe killed people earlier on. But however, the stresses of the modern world are, are killing us from inside out, you know, stress, loneliness, a lot of these factors are really contributing to people having poor heart health. You know, uh, just being stressed out will make it very hard for you to lose body fat. You'll put on a lot of body fat and you'll have a hard time putting on muscle if you're continuously stressed out over things. I think the biggest issue hurting society today is, is mental health. And hopefully it won't be too long before we all realize that this is our number one problem in the world right now is mental health. I think even when you talk about wars besides the, I mean, when people die, they're dead, but when guys come back from war, mental health, mental health is, is one of our biggest problems. And I think, and I think that contributes a lot to it. Definitely a, a modern lifestyle. Also a second thing, just throw in there, the toxicity in their environment has gotten to the point where it's outweighing some of the health benefits of foods like salmon, like fish. I no longer eat, eat salmon or fish. I don't eat anything out of the ocean anymore. I think the health risk nowadays just outweigh the benefits. You know, a piece of salmon may be some of the most contaminated food in the world at this point. So contamination in our foods and also just the stress of modern culture, it has, it's taken a toll. You know, it's, it's having an the opposite effect on our longevity than it should. And it'll probably continue to until it's a, as a culture humans to start adopting some, you know, mindfulness, you know, meditation. And until we get our, until we truly understand what's going on with our diet, I think this is going to be a trend and you're going to see a decline in longevity as, as the years go. Because the modern world is just out to, out to kill us.
0: (laughs) Yeah, stress, if we're going to talk about stress Don't forget, like, electronics Don't forget, like, when you We all see this With our younger cousins Or nieces and nephews Whenever we hang out with them They always got their Just look, on the holidays, like They all have their head in their phone Nonstop, their head in the video games Their head in, the electronics You know To me, that's like that's stressed out. Like if you go to the beach and you're sitting there and watching the waves, that's good for your stress. But if you go to the beach and you got your iPhone in front of you and your iPad, and you're playing on your iPhone the whole time at the beach, you're not relaxing. That's to be stress. So to me, it's like the electronics too are fucking us up. I think the electronics, because that's preventing us from living life. You walk down the street, you got your head on the phone. You're not, Looking up, you're not socializing with people. You know, it's social media stressing people out. Everyone posts something political on social media, and then everybody like starts attacking each other. You know, it's like hundred people, hundred of your friends and family members attacking each other over something. that's it's just it's you know, people actually do this. They troll on social media just for fun to get a rise out of people, and it works. And that stresses people out. So I mean, you got to kind of like avoid that. Also with stress too, don't forget, like if you go to McDonald's and have a Big Mac meal and a Coke, that's stressing your body. When you put that in your body, that's stressing your body. As soon as it hits your body, you get that feeling of, oh shit, I shouldn't have ate that. Well, your body's like, fuck, what are you giving me? And your body's stressed out trying to process what you just put in it. So what you throw at your body stresses your body out too. So it's, there's tons of stressors out there you don't even think about. So what I do is I just try to avoid putting anything in my body that would stress my body out. So that, you know, I avoid foods that I know bother my body. That's a good first step for anybody. So if you're eating um, something that upsets your stomach, then you should probably cross it off the list and not eat it again. That, But that's just me, you know, so that you got to like avoid the stressors in, in that regard too and enjoy life. On the holidays, why doesn't everybody just for 24 hours turn your phone off, put it away, and enjoy spending time with your friends and family? That would be uh, the best de-stressor of all right there.
1: One thing I do is I I use mindfulness. It helps me. And what's mindfulness is basically it's a form of meditation that's really easy to do. I, I do it anywhere I feel like. So, like if I'm sitting down eating, I'll give you two examples. I'll sit down and eat a meal or I'm taking a shower. Now, what I used to do is I'd sit there and I would look at my meal time as time where I wasn't able to really solve anything. So I would just kind of think about my the things I needed to do after the meal while I was eating, scarfing the food down. Same thing with my shower. I'd get in there, I'd make sure to go through the motions, but I was sitting there thinking about the very next step, what I'm doing as soon as I get out of here. And with mindfulness, you don't do that. You sit there and you chew your food, you know, 25 times on each side and you enjoy every bit of it. And you just sit there and think about the food you're eating and the moment and think about nothing else that goes on after. Same thing in the shower. You know, you're, you're pampering yourself. You know, you're scrubbing body parts behind the ears. You're putting stuff on. Just enjoy it, you know, enjoy the feeling of, you know, rubbing yourself down with the sponge or whatever is the loofah, whatever you got going on and just live in that moment of like comfort, you know, and don't think about what you're going to do right after. And just doing that during mealtimes and showers just helps to keep stress away so much to where even if you have a problem or something that should be stressing you out, you're kind of there and aware of it, but you don't let it take you over. You don't let it kind of mess you up. So that helps. Yeah, I mean, just mindfulness helps so you don't get overly stressed out, you know, so you don't let just thoughts, unpleasant thoughts invade your mind. And also, um, going back to something Steve said, uh, phones and electronics, you know, I don't keep a ringer on my phone. I keep my phone on silent all the time. I just make sure to check it when I need to. And I'll turn on the ringer on it if there's something or a call I'm waiting for. Same thing with an alarm clock. You know, the first thing I did as soon as I was able to kind of work for myself and make my own schedule was I I threw my alarm clock in the trash. Just as a kid, I noticed um, the alarm clock would always wake me up from like the best dreams when I was in high school and after. And if I was out and maybe I listened to a song or if I was at a store and and I heard a, a ring or a tone that sounded a lot like my alarm clock, my heart would jump same thing with, with a with a ringtone you know there's some ringtones uh, that are generic to certain brands that when i listen to them I, my heart jumps because that's the ringtone that i used to get when i had such issue and such problem and that ringtone meant an unpleasant phone call
0: it's like you train yourself to yes. it's like a dog being trained that come here you know or a whistle or something
1: yes yes Whenever I heard something that sounded kind of like my alarm clock, my heart would jump. My heart would jump in that, like, really, and I would feel bad right away. That alarm clock just meant rest time is over, time to get up, time to go do something you're, you'd rather not do. And, and it, 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 over time, it, so, so it's one thing that I've done. I just I, I keep my phone on silent. I just make sure to grab it and check it, you know, three, four times an hour, which that's it. And also no alarm clocks. I know that I want to naturally just get the fuck out of bed after about five, six hours. If I'm really worn out, I might need an extra one, one and a half hours. But I kind of know I'm done sleeping after so long. I don't need an alarm clock. And, um, and I, th- I think those two things, I think th- those damn ringtones on the phones and those damn alarm clocks, they don't give you rest. You, I don't, many of you probably haven't accepted it yet, but your heart jumps when you hear your phone ring it does maybe not all of you but many of you i mean you would be surprised so those things are i think are i think are contributing i think the the i think the just the expectation of that cell phone ringing i think it's doing something to us you know you don't have quiet time for yourself anymore and when you do have some downtime you turn off your cell phone you're in the shower you're eating you'll let your mind wander and you know you won't you're not in the moment you're several steps ahead and you're never enjoying what you have in front of you and i think mental health i think that's what's gonna what's taking our longevity away more more so than anything
0: safe spaces guys i mean this safe spaces guys I went to someone's house one time, they had like a thing outside their, their door. It was like a sign. It said something like, I, I wish I remember what it was so I could get the same thing. But it said, do not come into this house it, with any negative thoughts. It said something like that. And that's something that needs to happen. And if that's not possible, let's say you work from home, that's not possible because work is gonna be stressful and stuff, in that case, give, make a room like your safe space, make a room in the house. It could be a bathroom, it could be your bedroom, whatever. That's your safe space. You go in that room, there's no negativity allowed, no electronics allowed, nothing. You just go, can go in there and just meditate and relax. No noises, no nothing. If you don't have that option at home, the gym, that's a great place. Put your headphones on, go to the gym. That's a great place to just relax. A yoga studio, a good yoga studio. Um, that doesn't allow walking or, or shoes past a certain point. You'll, you'll notice that in a good yoga studio, they won't allow you no talking past this point. No one's allowed to talk because everyone's, you know, um, relaxing and, and meditating and, and getting their mind balanced because the world is act there is hectic as fuck. Okay. Um, and you know, Rick and I know this better than everyone because we had pretty tough lives. Okay. Uh, so we didn't grow up like in the suburbs, you know, uh, having everything handed to us like some of these people. So, you know, just having that safe space whether it's in your house or at the gym or at yoga or something, you need that to just get away from everything and you need to just be able to just you know, nothing can get to you at all. That's why I can't stand when people take their cell phones to the gym. You should not take your cell phone in the gym. Leave it outside. The cell phone is the headache. The cell phone is someone calling you nagging you over something leave that away okay and like greg said that's a great tip on the on on the cell phone every time it rings your heart jumps a beat i know that because i was a landlord for like eight years and every time a tenant would call me i'd be like oh fuck you know what are they calling about now my heart would just skyrocket when that would happen so i got out of that industry i don't need that shit in my life i don't need that stress so that's an option too Finding a job that doesn't stress you out so much.
1: You want to finish it up, Rick? Yeah, I recommend, look, there's a good app. uh, You can download on your phone. It's called Headspace. Headspace is a great app just to help you meditate. I can't stress enough how how important meditating is. And it's not hard. And you just have to do it every day. And all meditating is, is just, it's really doing nothing and, and trying not to think about anything. And such a tiny exercise will help you so much. Look, the biggest benefit I find from meditation is that feelings don't overtake me like they used to. If I have a problem I'm going through or some kind of difficulty, I can feel myself getting angry or getting frustrated. I'm not just overtaken by it and overrun by it. You know, you're you're able, it's just you deal with your day the same way, the only difference is you're able to not let those feelings completely take you over. You're able to kind of keep your head and, and all meditation is, is just staying in the moment, being comfortable with, with where you're at and trying and not to, and, you know, really not thinking about anything that's not in front of you right now, right away. You know, it, and that's where most stress and most heart disease comes from, really, is not from the stress that's in front of you now or something you're dealing in front of you now. It's from you projecting on bad things that could happen later on or you dwelling on the past. A lot of the things that, and in, in the bad feelings that make us miserable and, and kill our vitality and take years away from our lives, those stressors are usually never in front of us. They're usually things that we just think about. They're usually things that we could probably overcome and get over pretty quickly, but we decide that we are not going to overcome them and not going to get over. Whether it's loss. Some people have a really hard time getting over loss, whether it's death or a a relationship or a job or some kind of physical uh, material item that was taken from them by some way. People have a hard time getting over loss and one of the most important things you can do is, is learn how to get over loss. And some of these, you know, some of these feelings, I think that's what's really killing us. It's just mental health. It's killing us and ruining our, our bodies and just ruining everything. And yeah, the cell phone, the cell phone can be your worst enemy. You You have to just learn to You have to learn throughout your day to just take just a couple minutes here, a couple minutes there, to just not think about the past or the future, just live in the present. And when you do that, you'll realize one thing, man, is you're sitting there right now, wherever you are right now, chances are you're not in that much pain. If you have some discomfort, might be from your last workout, you're not starving. You're not, you know, if you really think about it, you spend most of your day in pretty good comfort, good temperature, well-fed, comfortable place to sit and lay down at. That's most of your day. So whatever's stressing you out is, is, is probably just in your mind. Yeah, sure, bills. Yeah, sure, family members, friends are not behaving the way you, you want them to behave. Certain things just aren't 100%. But if you just think about your body and, and how much comfort your body is in throughout the whole day, you realize, like, wow, I have a pretty damn good life. I, I live within a, a comfortable temperature. I eat the foods that I want to eat, I am not in danger. I'm not being physically at like, my life is pretty gravy. If you really think about it and you just look at the physical body throughout the, throughout the day, you've got a pretty gravy life, dude. You know, you, you get out of bed, you get out of the room, you woke up in. That's all you really need. If you, if you can, if you wake up, then you're not dead. If you get out of bed, then you're not sick. And if you can leave the room that you woke up in, then you're not, you're not in fucking jail or in a hospital or somewhere or being, you know, detained you you're free. That's about all you need to be happy, man. Just wake up, get out of bed, and get out of that fucking room. And the world is yours. And if you don't see it that way then then yeah, you're probably one of these people that are going to have heart disease and maybe die early on cuz you're stressed out over things that aren't quite in front of you right now, right?
0: Yeah, there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of different things out there that we can uh, we can definitely do to improve our life. And, and at the end of the day, we, if you become one of those people that are grateful and happy and generous and selfless, good things will come your way too. The universe will reward you. You'll be like a magnet for good shit happening. You won't be a magnet for bad shit happening. It really is true. So it really is true. Just look at anybody out there who has good shit happen to them and you'll see what kind of people there are and the people who goes are bitching and complaining and negative those are the people who never have shit happen good happen to them so at the end of the day guys surround yourself with positive people i think that's important because what rick said earlier is true um it's a, a lot of it has to do with environment if you're surrounding yourself with good people it's a good gym like if you're going to a shitty gym where the manager is like yelling at people every five minutes over shit That's not a good gym. You need to go to a gym where everyone is happy and there's, you know, everyone is focused and happy. No one fucks with you. That's a, that's a good gym. Good yoga studio, yoga studio. You walk in there and people are chit chatting, (laughs) chit chatting in the yoga room. That's not a good yoga studio. Keep that shit outside the yoga studio. We don't want to hear about how uh, your husband's. you caught your husband fucking the babysitter. Okay. We don't want to hear that. So, Surround yourself with positive people, guys. It's a good, it's a good lesson, good homework for the, for the holidays because you'll notice some of your relatives are just negative people and some of them are positive. So keep an eye on, on that. All right, guys. Listen, we appreciate you guys listening. Keep the questions coming at evolution.org. Steve Smee and Rick on behalf of us. Have a good holiday and we'll talk to you guys on New Year's. Take care. Hey, Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys.